Welcome back to the Built for Trace podcast. Today we are closing out our three-part series on creating a team that excels, really creating team members that excel and work around a higher purpose, coming together as a team, and doing more than what you pay them to do. You have options. You can choose to just treat people the way you've always treated them, pay them to do their job, show up, come to work, go home. Um, That can be an effective way to lead. That can be an effective way to manage and grow your business. But the problem with that is your customers feel that level of energy, that level of professionalism, that level of want to that is not created in just paying somebody more money. It's created in uh, having a clear set core values, having a clear vision for where you want to go, and using these tools that we've talked about that will help you push past uh, revenue plateaus, create an amazing culture, and really at the end of the day, teams that excel win championships, not individual players who get paid a lot of money, but teams that come together, that know their roles, that achieve success in their roles, that work together as a team, that realize that we all make up a different body or a different part of the body that creates a, a, a the entire team, and every part is just as important as the next part but as soon as one person's not doing their role not achieving success in their role the whole team the whole body starts to feel the effect of that so don't let lack of time don't let not wanting out your comfort zone don't let not wanting to give up control or maybe the past stop you from buying in and applying these six steps that i have shared with you in the last three podcast episodes so as we start today i want to encourage you to please subscribe share this episode with a friend and if you haven't listened to the part one and part two of this three-part series pause this and go back listen to part one part two and then close it out here in part three and remember that applying these tools you'll get more time you'll get department and company success fulfillment watching other leaders grow around you and ultimately growth in all areas of your life. If you need any help applying any of these tools that you've learned, uh, go to BuiltForTheTrades.com. You can book some time with me. Reach out to me at Dan at BuiltForTheTrades. Either way, whatever you're more comfortable with, uh, it's Dan at BuiltForTheTrades.com. I'd be happy to sit down with you and walk through any of these, any of these things that you've learned, applying these to uh, your business and hopefully helping you be more successful. Everyone enjoys being acknowledged and appreciated. Sometimes even the simplest act of gratitude can change someone's entire day. That was by Roy T. Bennett. The simplest act of gratitude. You know, success in life, success in business, success in our marriages and our families and our friendships starts with us. It starts with our outlook. It starts with our positive focus. It starts with our energy. It starts with our gratitude. And it's easy to point out flaws. It's easy to point out things that aren't going right. It's easy to point out things that your team's not doing right. But it takes a concerted effort to point out things that are good, things that people are doing good, things that you're grateful for in your life. So I encourage you to focus on that as you apply these tools and as you move through growing yourself as a leader, because leadership is a lifetime journey, not a destination. There's no end in sight. It's your choice to wake up with the intention to grow. When I ask people, how do you create a team that excels? The number one answer I get is pay them more money. That can be effective. 
but it's only effective so long. Words of encouragement, that is effective, but it's only effective so long. Training them is effective. Building relationships, time off, all these different things can be effective, but it's a lump sum done consistently, done you know, uh, scheduled time that you have set aside to be consistent as a leader and how you apply these things uh, to how you lead your team members and the team as a whole, which is gonna create that track record for you to be more effective, knowing that your team likes you, uh, they know you, and they eventually trust you because your reputation precedes you. So if you're inconsistent, you're gonna miss that trust piece. People are gonna look at you and say, good idea, but you know what? Last time you did this, you didn't follow through or you didn't do what you say you were gonna do. And so I'm just not really gonna buy into it. The realization is if you're a good person and you're leading a team, you don't intentionally set out to not do what you say you're going to do. A lot of times you just forget. So I'm gonna to talk to you today about time management. I'm gonna to talk to you about training, coaching, and mentoring. Um, and I hope that you can take away some good things that you can apply to um, how you can be more effective, not how Dan can be more effective, because we're all different. We're all gonna learn differently. We're all gonna do things differently. But the main thing is, is that you take away a few different things that you can apply to what you do to be more effective. So creating a team that excels, we talked through creating an organization that's bigger than one person. Doing that with a vision, having a vision map in place, being able to t uh, show people where they fit, how they can grow their careers, how they can grow as a person. We talked about understanding your giftedness, going back to knowing yourself to grow yourself. Um, are, you a, are you more effective as a leader? Or are you more effective as a manager naturally? And then knowing that's going to help you lean into one or the other. We talked about setting the foundation for success using uh, position agreements. It's, it's important to have a clear level foundation for your team members to sign it, to be on the same page, to use it as a, as a tool to train them up and get them to be more effective in their role. Number four was initiate the relationship building process, realizing that there's a difference between having just a casual relationship and having a scheduled relationship time. And then on top of that, documenting along the way and referring back to your notes and building on top of that is going to create more influence, going to create more trust as you as their leader. Today, I'm talking about leading by example on step five, and then we're going to jump into step six train coach and mentor so let's dive in leading by example that's something that you probably hear often you know lead by example the first thing is leadership is influence so you are who you attract when you look around and you see your team it's a direct reflection of you as the leader for good or for bad when people come to me and and they point out flaws in their team members guess what i say look in the mirror i call it leading up Make sure that the leader is not leading this example. It could be that, you know, something as simple as my team members show up five minutes late. Okay. Do you show up five minutes late? Well, Dan, I'm the boss. I can do what I want. Well, you set the exam or you set the expectation to be there on time, on times 8 a.m. So you either need to show up by 8 a.m. and set the example or reset the expectation to say, team members, your job is to be here by 8 a.m. My job is to be here by 9 a.m. or by 8.30. You set that expectation and then you show up early 
before that that expectation time that you have set for your team so that's just a an easy thing or it could be man dan my team member is so disorganized like their desk is a mess their office is a mess what i'm going to say is are you leading that example look in the mirror so always lead up fix the leader first fix yourself first then work on your team so in leading by example one of the most important things we can do is time management there's a hundred different ways to manage your time so i'm not going to tell you that my way is the end all be all that you have to do it exactly the way i do it but the principles I have set behind time management, I think are really important. And, so, and that's something that you can take away because everybody is different. If you're chaotic, everything and everybody is chaotic. It all follows from there. If you're all over the place, everybody's gonna be all over the place. If you're putting out fires all the time, everybody's gonna be putting out fires all the time. So you gotta realize that if you want to correct and, and help the surroundings, your family life, your friends, your work life, your business if you want if you want everybody to grow around you you first have to work on yourself and grow that's the best way to lead by example so question i have for everybody listening to the podcast today is what do you do to start your day currently because what you do to start your day should be the most important thing in your life so if you're waking up currently and the first thing you do is open up your email, well, congratulations, that's the most important thing in your life. Or you wake up and the first thing that you do in the morning is open up social media. Well, congratulations, it's the most important thing in your life. If you wake up and the first thing you do is look at your bank accounts, then congratulations, uh, that's probably the most important thing in your life. So think about what it is that you want to be the most important thing in your life and write that down. And at that moment that you write that down, I want you to remember that leaders are initiators. So it could look like this. For me, it's the first thing I do is open up my Bible and read. I have my journal next to it. I may take a few notes. I like to reflect on my previous day. I like to maybe highlight anything that stands out in my Bible. And it helps me just get centered on the foundation of my values and and. Uh, it helps me to really start my day off uh, you know, for success. So that's me, right? But what is it for you? Is it meditation? Is it reading? Is it journaling? Is it working out? Um, all those things can be effective, but you gotta remember you wanna be intentional about starting your day. I call it playing offense versus playing defense. Playing offense is you're setting yourself up for success knowing that, guess what? The day's gonna happen. There's going to be issues that are challenges that you got to face throughout your day. If you're doing any kind of growth, if you're moving forward in any kind of growth, there's going to be challenges, whether it's your personal or professional life. So why not set up your day for success and get your mind right and mentally be in a positive, effective state for your day? Because if you're not, the only opposite of that is you're playing defense. If you're waking up and going back to one of those things I talked about, maybe opening up your uh, email, the only thing you're doing is letting people control your day. All you're doing at that point is just responding, playing defense, and your whole day is set up like that. So if you're set up to play defense, the whole day is going to be playing defense. If you're set up to play offense, you're going to play a lot more offense than defense. One way I like to look at it is if we had a scale from 1 to 100, and I said, 
hey, you know, I said, hey, did you start your day at one hundred percent? That's the best you can be. What does that look like for you? Because I feel like every day, no matter what, a normal day is probably going to still. 30% of your capacity. So if you're starting at 100% because you read and journaled and meditated, whatever you did, right, you were very intentional about how you started your day, then at the end of the day, you're going to finish at about 70%. But if you're starting your day unintentional and you're starting, let's just say you started at like 60%, then you're ending your day at 30%. You're going to be drained. You're going to be tired. You're not going to be effective. Um, at work or at home. You're going to be the least effective at home when you get home from work. So besides setting up your day for success with intentionality in the morning, once you get to work, the very first thing you should do before you open email, before you open social media, open up your calendar. Have a calendar. If you don't have a calendar, get a calendar and open it up and remember that any scheduled time you have with another person, it should go on your calendar. If it's important enough for you to remember it, it should go on your calendar. Remember, this podcast is about helping you grow as a leader and leadership is influence. It's building relationships. It's respecting other people. It's doing what you say you're going to do. If you're not scheduling those times out and you're showing up late to meetings or you're not showing up at all, or you're having to reschedule last minute, you're losing that respect. You're losing that influence. You're losing that trust in other people. And you, and then that leads to um, high turnover. That leads to lack of growth. That leads to frustration in other people. That leads to lack of leads, lack of referrals. I can just go on and on and on. So calendar should be opened up. And then right next to that should be your to-do list. And you should prioritize the most important thing you have for the day to the least important thing. Knowing that by the end of the day, you may only get 70 60-70% through that to-do list. So the things at the very bottom should be okay with carrying over to the next day. I like to do this on the computer. I like to do it on Trello where I can have access to it anywhere I have internet. Uh, some people may want to do that writing it down. I don't care how you do it. But the main thing is, is that you're setting yourself to be intentional. Uh, there's a book out there called Eat That Frog and it actually talks about doing the biggest tasks first instead of doing the smallest tasks first. A lot of times you think, oh, I should knock out all the small things first because it's the lowest hanging fruit. The problem with that is you're always going to procrastinate the big tasks. So it's important that you prioritize those big things and get them done early. And another thing is just knowing when you're most productive. Some people are most productive at you know 6 a.m., 7 a.m., that morning time. Uh, maybe earlier in the morning. Some people are more productive midday and some people are more productive in the afternoons to the early evenings. What is it for you? Where are you most productive? A good example is that, of that is like when I know that I'm planning my work day out and I know I have some, some mindless things to do. Maybe it's run to the bank, go to the store, uh, get some fuel. I don't know, whatever it is, right? Mindless things that I don't really need a whole lot of brain capacity to do. I'm not going to do those things first thing in the morning because first thing in the morning is most productive for me. Uh, building content, preparing for coaching, shooting podcasts, all these different things are going to be most productive if I do those the before noon in my day. And then afternoon, I give myself to do more of the least, you know, the other things that are a little more mindless that I have throughout my day. So knowing who you are and where you're most productive will really help you in your time management. 
So as we cap out creating a team that excels, step five, leading by example, remember the day will always happen to you. There's always going to be challenges. Growth is uncomfortable. It's like stretching a muscle. You know, you got to stretch it. It's going to be uncomfortable. You got to stretch it again. It's going to be uncomfortable. But the more you stretch it, the more you push it, the more and more comfortable, the more and more flexible, the more and more adaptive to change that you become. So it's your job to decide today to get ahead of it and to start playing offense and stop playing defense. And if you fall flat on your face and one day you just sleep in and you don't get it done or things outside of your control happen, just realize it's just part of life. You got to accept that and you got to say, okay, just because my day started like this doesn't mean tomorrow's got to start like this. I can get back on that bandwagon and I can push forward to be successful. All right. So step six here train coach and mentor just like leadership and management i like to define different uh, things i might like to simplify it so it's repeatable people can follow it and it can be effective so i'm going to define training coaching and mentoring training is showing somebody something for the first time they call this conscious learning if you've ever been frustrated by having to stand in front of your team and tell them the same things over and over again. Well, congratulations, you're like me and like most every other leader who's ever tried to teach our team thing. And eventually we just want to do it for them or we just give up on it. Well, the problem was is that you train them. The first time you train, or no, that's not a problem. The good thing is you train them. The first time you should train them. The problem is is that you kept telling them over and over and over again and conscious learning goes in one ear and out the other it's only usually held on for just a few days to maybe a week at max so what do you do if you've already trained your team the answer to that is coaching so i go into this conversation or this knowing that my team members already know the answer to this so instead of telling them the answer to this again i'm going to ask them questions and I'm going to ask some questions to navigate them to verbalize the answer that I know they already know. They call this subconscious learning. And the difference is it's deep down in the soul. They, they got to actually think. This is a lost art. They actually got to think about this and come up with the answer. It takes a long time sometimes. But the effectiveness of it is they hold on to it for weeks and months and even longer because now when they verbalize it, they own it. They're taking ownership over it instead of asking you questions, so stupid questions to get you the answer so that you own it, right? So they're taking ownership over this. And then the last piece here is mentoring. This should be done in small batch. It's sharing experiences in your own life that you've had to date that will hopefully help better their lives. This is usually done one-to-one -one or in a small group setting, and it's done on a mentorship relationship expectation. So a good example of this is uh, a couple months ago, I asked an older gentleman that I really, really respect. I felt it in my heart that this person should mentor me. And so I asked him, I said, I'll just call him Bob. Hey, Bob. Um, 
I have a whole lot of respect for you. I love what you've done today and the success you've had in your personal life and business life. I would love for you to mentor me. I'd love for you to sit down with me once every couple of weeks over a coffee or lunch and just share some experiences and help kind of guide my life. And, you know, there's really nothing more fulfilling for an older person to be able to mentor the next generation, especially when they're respectful and they ask you like that. So if you ever enter into a mentorship relationship like that, a couple key points is, one, always be prepared. Come with questions written down, ready to go. And then two, show them your track record. When they give you advice, show them that you're applying some or all the advice that they're giving you. So that way they're motivated to come and do that again and again and again for because usually mentorship relationships they're not paid they're just they're there as a fulfilling thing for both parties involved all right so let's go back to training again here so in the previous episodes i talked about the power of a, of a position agreement and having the foundation for success and having it in writing that should be a training tool that you use for your team and that should be training that person for 90 days going through sitting down here's your position here's what it entails and anything on this list that i have here highlight that you anything that you don't know how to do or that you need training or coaching on let's go ahead and highlight that and let's work through that that's the first 90 days then after that you start to schedule coaching you schedule coaching one-to-one time to coach that team member and typically this is done about once a month um, sometimes more if you need it but this is usually based around a position scorecard uh, kpis and so not to be confused with your position agreement this is a another tool for accountability and for growth that that uh, works well with your position agreement and usually it's the top six key performance indicators that this person is doing a good job in their role or really excelling in their role. Position agreement is doing a good job. The position scorecard is more, this person is going above and beyond to achieve these KPIs. And usually with that comes tying a bonus to it or some kind of spiff. Um, and, and the way I like to score it is you have six KPIs. If you get four of six, you're passing. Congratulations. You're pretty good. You're doing a good job in your role. If you get five of six, you're excelling. If you get six of six, you are ultimately excelling as a team member in that position. There should be something tied to it that's beneficial for that team member, encouraging them to want to do more for, for that position and for the team and for the organization as a whole. Other ways to be effective in the train coach mentor area is having scheduled weekly uh, team trainings or team coachings. You know, where you're bringing the team together and you're rallying them around a topic and you're helping them improve as a team. It brings a team building into play and it helps them continue to grow. A lot of people say, Dan, I have, you know, we do weekly trainings, but really all it is is weekly pitch sessions about all the things the team's not doing right. So if that's you, realize that though it can be effective, right? It's not motivated and it's not going to create a team that excels. So there's a time and a place for letting people know what they're doing wrong or where we're falling short. But there's also a time and place for helping people improve and training them and coaching them. 
Hopefully this added a ton of value to who you are as a leader and creating a team that excels. You can do this through creating an organization that's bigger than one person, understanding your giftedness, setting a foundation for success, initiate the relationship building process, lead by example, and ultimately train, coach, and mentor your team. As a leader, when people ask me what's the hardest things to do as a leader, I say the first thing is, is do what you say you're going to do. And the second part of that is doing it consistently. That will build your track record. That will build trust. That will build a team that gets behind you as their leader. John C. Maxwell says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Once again, if you have any questions at all, always reach out to us at builtforthetrades.com. You can book some time with me. I would love to help you and or your team in the implementation of any of these tools that you've learned. Hope you have an amazing day. If you like this podcast episode, please like and share it with a friend. Leave us a comment. I'd love to hear from you, and we'll talk to you in the next Built for the Trades podcast. Mm-hmm.